If you want your windows there in weeks, pick up the phone and just text Reese. Reese Windows and Doors is one of the fastest growing window companies in the state of Florida and is a proud supporter and fundraiser for the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. At Reese, they install only the highest quality windows and doors with most windows installed in just six weeks. And now you can win them for free. Just text HAPPY to 20129 to win $15,000 in impact windows from Reese. That's HAPPY to 20129. Miami Grill is celebrating its 40th anniversary with this 40-cent offer. You'll get our 10-piece boneless wings platter, including french fries, celery, and blue cheese dressing for just 40 cents with purchase of one at regular price. Miami Grill, celebrating 40 years of bold flavor. Douglas and Gasicki split left. Bourne and Parker to the right. Douglas now trots in motion across the formation set. right. Stevenson left of Jones. Play clock under five. Matt takes it on third and four. Stands in, throws across yeah. middle. Bourne catches ten. Runs left five. Yeah. Into the end zone. Touchdown off the takeaway for the Patriots. Where the hell has this offense been? Trips right. They run a double post to the right side. They drag Bourne. He's wide open. Matt resets. Throws an easy pop to him. And it's smooth selling for Kendrick Bourne all the way into the end zone. Patriots up early. Back here on the Shaws and Star Market Patriots post-game show, it's Joe Murray and Leroy Irvin and the player that delivered the freight presented by Freight Plus, the fastest growing private company in Massachusetts, providing fully customized Fortune 500 freight solutions to shippers throughout New England for over 35 years. Visit FreightPlus.io. That's FreightPlus.io. There was Kendrick Bourne with a touchdown. Mac Jones had the protection. The one-on-one coverage as well. No safety over the top. Bing, bang, boom. Touchdown. Nice play to go up 7-0 in this one. We are joined now by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, Greg, before I fire any questions at you, I know Leroy's got a couple as well. Um, What was your overall takeaway from this loss today? My overall takeaway is that the Dolphins are just a much more talented team. Um, overall on both sides of the ball. And it just makes things easier, you know, like, you know, Tua throws an interception early. You barely remember it. Um, he's playing behind an offensive line that's in shambles. Uh, wasn't really that much of a factor. Why? Because he's got, he's got thoroughbreds on the outside. He's got, he's got scheme. He's got talent. They have playmakers on the other side of the ball as well. You know, really good defensive coordinator, good scheme. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's sort of where I was with the season, this team at the beginning of the season, that their margin of error is as slim as can be. And because of the way they built their team, there's just not enough elite talent to make up when you lack. I mean, Mac Jones throws an interception and it's catastrophic for this team. And that's no way to play football in the modern NFL. So my overall impression is, the the Patriots are at a severe talent disparity when it comes to the better teams in this league. Yep, they can have two uh, two turnovers with their quarterback, and uh, they can still win the game by two touchdowns. Uh, my, Greg, mine is I thought McDaniel just absolutely outcoached Belichick scheme-wise. Um, I'll give you a couple of plays. The Tyreek Hill touchdown, that little motion that they did there um, the on the end around, it made J.C. Jackson step up just a bit, even Mapu there. And they had no shot. And Tyree Kill, th- uh, sorry, uh, Tua threw an incredible pass on that play. But this is what happened to J.C. Jackson week one with the Chargers against the Dolphins. Like, 
they already had this this film. And then the other one I'll, I'll bring up is the Jalen Waddle touchdown. You know, here you got you're in man now on a third and one. McDaniel's calls the timeout, sets up the play. It was almost similar to the play that happened at the half in last year's game and against the Dolphins in week one. It's just J.C. Jackson goes in and wide open, right in man. I just felt like he completely out-schemed him, offense versus defense, and it happened all day on me on big plays. I, I get what you're saying, and, and I'm not going to totally disagree because I do think their scheme uh, presents a lot of problems. It puts the defense in a ton of conflicts, which is what you're looking for um, as an offensive coordinator, as a play caller. But, you know, look, I, I know these coaches on the Patriots. I know they – they dealt with these situations. They went over it. They've seen Miami. They they got, you know, even though their motion's a little bit different, you know, they got to prepare for them for week two. They have the film off of that. Uh, I'm sure they were very prepared. But, you know, J.C. Jackson, you know, he has these undisciplined moments on the field in every single game where, you know, his his lesser instincts sort of take over, you know, his playmaking instincts take over, where you know, you know that got him into trouble with the Chargers. Um, it gets him in, you know, it gets him into more trouble here because the Patriots are so disciplined. Everybody needs to do their job. I mean, the first touchdown, you know, I think that was more on Mapu. I mean, even though Jackson, you know, put it on both of them, but you know, I'm sure Bill drilled into these guys and Steve and Gerard all week. Like, we cannot give up the big play. When in doubt, just get the f back. You know, has always been the theme with this defense, and they didn't on that play. And on the final play, you know, the Waddle touchdown, you know, obviously both Jones guys, Jack and Jonathan, went with, I think it was Hill in motion up the sideline. And somebody's supposed to bump off that. I also don't like the integrity where, you know, is there really not supposed to be a free safety in the middle of the field? Was Kyle Duggar supposed to be there to, you know, give some sort of coverage? Uh, You know, it was – Yes, it's it's talent, it's scheme, you know, but it's also the Patriots are well trained on that side of the ball. They can't have those kind of brain farts against this this caliber team. Wow. Um, so after the Pats lost to both the, the Cowboys and the Saints, Belichick was talking about starting over and going back to basics and all that stuff. So last week versus the Bills, it did look like they started over. Did you see anything today that tells you that that whole starting over movement continues? Any positives? Uh, not really, Leroy. I mean, I, you know, I will say, you know, sort of off the top, um, being on the site at this stadium, um, it's one of the worst stadiums in the league from a media perspective. Like, you know, I, I didn't have the like game on my computer like I normally do. So I can, so I have easy access to replays and we're in the corner and like, you know, it's, it's, it's not a very good angle. And, and so, I'm every time I come to this game and sometimes I don't for this reason, I'm out of sorts. Like I don't, I don't know. I'm not normally in tuned with what went on on the field, how I normally am, you know, cause I know there's a lot of discussion about the penalties. I have no idea about the penalties in this game. I was, you know, it, TV's delayed in the press box and things like that. And I'm worried about the play on the field. So um, it, it's, it's hard for me to give a great answer on that. I will say, you know, to what you're alluding to, I will say some of the gains that we saw, some of the creativity that we saw last week on the offense, it looked like it was somewhat lacking in this game. And now, you know, I don't know if that was more about the Bills defense in hindsight, um, which I think largely it was, and, you know, how they play a lot of zone and Vic Fangio, 
does a lot of zone and, and pattern match and, and things like that, that give offenses trouble. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, this, this looked like a lot of the Patriots losses, especially like on the road, you know, they have, I don't think this is a very mentally tough team. Mm. And I think, you know, we, we talked to Matthew Slater after the game and it sounds like he has, he's frustrated. Sounds like he has some doubts about which direction this team is going. And I think when you go on the road, everything gets stressed mm-hmm. and on a team. And I, I don't think it reflected well on the Patriots at all today. Well, I know we're up against it, but I got one more question. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did catch a touchdown, uh, but what are your thoughts on him being activated and only playing in the fourth quarter? Uh, great question. Um, I thought that was certainly curious. I mean, I, I was he in a, in a Wenu emergency situation, I guess, you know, is – you know, Taekwon not ready for that. Kayshawn Booty, like, you know, wouldn't that make more sense? I mean, there are a lot of questions about their personnel usage, and we, we've we been over it every week. Every week you can question things about, you know, does Belichick have the pulse of this team? Does he understand, you know, the big picture, especially when it comes to offensive football and offensive personnel? Uh, are they making the right choices there to, to make the team successful? And I think you can look at, you know, Juju's usage in this game and ask those questions, absolutely. All right, Greg Bedard's here. Um, I, I got a bunch of stuff for you, including the trade deadline. Uh, what should the Patriots do since it's two days away? Also, I got a bunch on Bill O'Brien uh, in the way that he called the game. I was uh, very uh, interested in that one. Um, let's take a quick break here, Greg. And I, I, while, while I want you to think about this one during the break. Ooh, the okay. officials. Just give me your thoughts on the, on the officiating in this game, what you've seen around the league and... Do you think it's had an impact uh, on the game? So we'll stew on that one. We'll take a quick break here. We got Leroy Irvin. I'm Joe Murray. We're talking to Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. It's the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots postgame show here on the Safety Insurance 98.5 The Sports of Patriots Radio Network. Brandon Jones and Elliott starting to creep forward. Jones turns back, hands it off to Stevenson. Big hole running up the middle. Hit by Phillips. Bounces off a second. Right. And then he sprawls out across the 40-yard line of the this Miami 38-yard line. Good work by Ramondre Stevenson. Again after contact. Starting to look like the old Ramondre Stevenson here. Breaking yards after contact. Keeping the leg turn alive. Ran over three guys. Took two guys to get him down. That's an 11-yard pickup for a first down. All right, back here on the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots postgame show. It's Joe Murray, Leroy Irvin. We're joined by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. And tonight's rushing update brought to you by your New England Ford dealers, where they're celebrating truck month. Defeat any task with Ford F-Series. America's in stock selling trucks for over 46 years straight. And the Pats didn't get much going on the ground today. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, 10 carries, 39 yards. Zeke Elliott. Seven for 36, and then Douglas did have one rush for four yards. So, Greg, that's this is where I bring up the Bill O'Brien portion of our postgame show. Um, I I didn't love some, <laughs> some of the – I know, this is just at every – last they week – They should sell this. We should, I know, we should get this sponsored. Who wants this? The Bill O'Brien suspect of the week. Um, but uh, last week, he, he was really great. They, I couldn't – there was – he was really good last week. Um, I'll, I'll just say this, that whatever was going on on the second down plays or when it's after a penalty, but he ran on second and long multiple times early on in this game. I'm talking second and 10, second and 14, second and 18. Like how is, 
how does that benefit the quarterback? I'm not. I, I don't want to put blame everywhere, but that just doesn't set the offense up well when you're running on those such long plays. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you, Joe. Um, I'll certainly be interested in watching, you know, on film, you know, what might have led up to that. Um, you know, I will say in my experience from, you know, dealing with with O'Brien and also, you know, coaches similar to him, um, there's always a reason for what they do. Um, you know, maybe it's in, in those situations, they the Dolphins play very soft. Um, they play a lot of coverage. Maybe, maybe they didn't feel he didn't feel good about the offensive line or whatever. And, you know, maybe he thought it was they had a good chance to get you know pick up half the yards, a more efficient way of picking up half the yards instead of you know dropping Mac back to pass and 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 not wanting Mac to you know have too many dropbacks. At the end of the game, he had uh, 29 in this game. Um, well, 32 if you include the three sacks, um, 19 rushes. Um, you know, so sure. Uh, you know, I do think, um, you know, that's something that'll be looked at. You know, for sure. And I can understand your frustration. I saw your tweet. I think it was in <laughs> in, in the first half or at halftime about this. So I anticipated this coming. Um, you know, but I think you know you're looking at an offensive coordinator and an offense in general when you look at them today. Um, it, they are trying to find things that work, trying to find easy yards, and it's tougher against more aggressive coverage, which they didn't get against the Bills last week with all their injuries, and they got it against the Dolphins who are starting to get healthy. And, uh, yeah, it did not make for a good product. Just just one follow-up to that. Uh, last week, Buffalo kept the middle of the field wide open, and they exposed it, and that's what teams have been taking away. Early on in today's game, that, that play by Bourne, that was, that was a great play. There was nobody else there to help, but they took it away after that. And, and just the more I look at it, like why? What is it about teams taking up that middle of the field where Max struggles on the sideline, just like that interception he had? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could definitely draw a straight line to you know Mac plays outside the numbers. Um, you know, he tends to struggle with, and and some of it is his footwork and not driving on the ball. Um, some of it's, you know, he, you know, his first read might be over the middle, but teams, teams, teams know that he's more successful there and wants to go there. So they're probably putting more personnel there. We've seen that with other teams so far this year. And so he sort of has to go down, you know, outside the numbers. And and I think, I, I think it's a, a dedicated game plan. You know, I think the book is written on Mac, you know, make them throw outside the mon- numbers. Don't let them live inside the numbers. And you stand a pretty good chance of, of being successful against him and probably getting them to turn the ball over. Mm. Uh, we're more than halfway through the season now, and the schedule coming up for the Pats is looking a little soft. I'm like, Commanders, Colts, Giants. Uh, I'm not saying I'm pulling for them to tank, but when do you see them begin to start focusing on next season? Oh, not for a good while, mm. Leroy. I mean, you know, as somebody in the – Somebody around the team told me this week, like about you know, because we were having discussions about the trade deadline. You know, Bill's gonna bill. Bill's gonna try to win every game. He's focused on every single game. Um, you know, until they're officially eliminated, uh, he is going to you know fight for that playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, look, I understand there are a lot of fans who will be frustrated by that and just want you know sort of a hard reset. And let's just tank the rest of the season, get as high a draft pick as possible and, 
and sort of reload that way. Um, you know, but you know, you look, I know it looks tough at two and six and, and I've said this before, but you know, you can't give up on the season cause you never know, you know, what's going to happen today was disappointing. Uh, for sure. Three and five is a lot different than two and six. Uh, but there's still a lot of wins left on this schedule, but I do think there's, there's a question of, you know, how much is this team going to buy in? Um, it was a, um, definitely a unique atmosphere in, in the locker room after the game. You could just sort of feel the frustration in the room on, on where they are and how they can't find success, you know, as you said, almost like halfway into the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a tough go here. Uh, real quick, I'm curious for you, what is a successful season for the Patriots looks, look like? If two and six, what is a successful season for them look like to you? Well, I think I think it's a it's a strong finish. I mean, if they can win these next two games before the bye, um, they're four and six. And then you look at you know the rest of the schedule, and you know if if they play you know winning like you know not just four and three, I think they have seven games after the bye. Um, you know if they if they can play like five and two ball on top of the two wins before the bye you know, that's successful. And it really depends on how it looks like you just, you want to see them function like a real team, but like sort of like we talked about in the open Leroy, I just, I just think there's a, there's a definite ceiling on this team. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you look at, you look at the dolphins today and you look at what, you know, Waddle and Hill did, you know, seven for one twenty one and a touchdown eight for one twelve and a touchdown, you know, that makes things a lot easier on a quarterback, you know, who completed about the same amount of passes uh, you know, completion percentage is Mac Jones, but you know, it's just, he tosses the ball out to Tyree kill and some automatic at least 10 yards. And uh, you know, I, so like even me saying like, all right, them looking like a functional offense and a, an impactful defense down the stretch. I just, you know, I think that's, a, there, there's a, there's a way for that to look smoke screenish that, you know, it's fool's gold mm-hmm. where, Look, this team just needs to be more talented. That's the bottom line. They need to figure out a way to get more talented uh, around this team. Greg, um, I know you said you had some difficulty seeing on the field there uh, today, but there there was some interesting officiating going on. Uh, I I don't think, in the end, I don't think it had made an outcome, you know, finished the outcome today. I I don't think it had anything to do with that personally, but the Parker hit. Um, they missed that one. The Juju Smith-Schuster one at the end of the game was more of a personal foul, meaning standing over him. It wasn't a hit. But do you think if they make that call, it could change the game, meaning the Patriots get a first down and still have a shot? Like, did they just completely miss it because Bill was all over the officials on that one? I mean, I guess that's a good question. I mean, I didn't really um, consider that. You know, I'll just, you know, my comment about the officiating is more in general, um, you know, because like I said, I, I – I had a tough time keeping track of what was going on with that stuff in this game, but just overall in general from watching the NFL and I don't watch nearly as much as you do, you know, covering a team, but I, I just think these officials are way too much in these games, the, the officiating. And, and my biggest complaint is just the inconsistency that goes on from crew to crew, from game to game and, you know, how things get officiated. And I think that's the biggest frustration for the teams. Like, you know, it can be bad or you can get to disagree with stuff, but if it's, if it's consistent for both teams then you can live with that and the players can deal with that. Cause they're like, okay, this is being officiated this way. Um, it, there's just way too much inconsistency going on. I've heard so many bad things about the stadium out there. Uh, I'm just curious, what is it about the stadium that makes it so hard to kind of see what's going on? 
Well, first of all, they put us low in a in a corner of the oh, end zone, wow. so it's a it's a weird angle. I'd rather be in in the end zone like I am at Gillette, yeah. or you know, on the sideline, uh, you know, high up than yeah. than where we are. But uh, you know, I this stadium holds a lot of sentimental value for me. I've been to a lot of games here mm. um, as a kid. You know, not just Dolphins, but uh, you know, Marlins, and also you know, even before they had baseball here and soccer games and things like that, but. Um, I like what they've done with the place. It's just it's a it's a tough place to play. It's a tough place to work <laughs> wow. as a media member. All right, Greg, uh, we'll ask you about the trade deadline and oh, now the few quarterbacks getting injured today. Could Mac Jones? Oh God, be on the block? Hey, I'm not the one who said it. It's it's going around the internet right now. Is uh, one of the big questions with uh, Kirk Cousins going down today uh, to an injury, and there's a lot of backup quarterbacks playing throughout the league. Uh, today. So we'll ask Greg uh, Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal that question coming up. Uh, I'm Joe Murray. Leroy Irvin's here. Let's pause first, though. 10 seconds for station ID here on the Safety Insurance 98.5, the Sports of Patriots Radio Network. Troy Aikman. Oh, under center. Unbalanced. Come out under center. And Elliott is to go back for New England. Born motions to the right inside of Parker split right. Mac Jones popping back. Stands in, slides right, throws across middle. The pass is caught by Farrell Brown in traffic. Run. He runs across the 45. Out of the ankles and dropped by Brandon Jones at the 47. Where's that come from, man? They're Get him Defense more. Oregon Duck. Man. Troubled pro. I picked up Just for the start of the season. Patriots. Big place. All right, they're on the Shaws. And our market page post. Coach Joe Marley. Joined by Greg Bedard. Of the Boston Sports Journal, New England converted 15 first down today. And with every first down, Credit Union Kids at Heart uh, will help fund promising studies into Moya Moya, as well as clinical care tools for children affected. Learn more at cukidsatheart.org. Farrell Brown has been making plays. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Um, he's one of Bill O'Brien's guys time back in Houston, and He's made big plays. I know, Leroy, you had a, a question regarding the receivers today. Yes. Uh, were you surprised Tyquan Thornton was a healthy scratch while Juju was activated? And, and then, secondly, what's up with Kayshawn Booty? Uh, so the Thornton thing did um, surprise me a bit. Um, you know, we sort of touched on it earlier. I mean, I, I just I don't understand what they're doing any of these things of course this isn't a new revelation i mean the whole like little jordan Humphreys stuff last <laughs> year and um you know i think look for whatever reason you know like i said before coaches have a reason for doing everything and we don't see practice and they obviously in terms of a speed element on the team they tilted more towards jalen Ragor than taekwon thornton why that is i have no idea the only thing i could say is probably you know, Taekwon, when he, he only played three snaps last week, I thought he ran a wrong route on one of them. We didn't see him much after that. Uh, I There could be, you know, a trust issue thing on he, that he's going to do the right things. For some reason, they think that, you know, Regor is more trustworthy when it comes to that stuff. And then the booty stuff, you know, I thought, I thought Bill's comments this week about him were pretty telling. He basically said, like, he's not good enough in, compared to the other guys. And, um, you know, a lot of that stuff has to do with the Patriots playbook and things like that. You know, I I would hope it's not, you know, the toe tapping thing, the lack of that, um, the the one time he did play this season, that would be disappointing. I think you just, you know, with 
with young players in this league, or at least rookies, you just yeah, you got to live with some mistakes. I mean, look how they buried Demario Douglas, and look how foolish that looks now. Yep. Um, you know, so you know, I it, again, any of these questions about their personnel usage, um, you can definitely question them, and I do all the time ad nauseum 365 days a year because i don't think these guys know what they're doing when it comes to offense and i wish that you know bill would just defer to bill o'brien uh, a lot more and all that stuff uh the reason why we're bringing back up the juju schuster conversation in taekwon thornton is he he basically said he was benched today and knew about it i know you're you're, you're talking to us so you weren't in there uh but he basically said he was benched today he knew it but obviously, with the injury to to Kendrick Bourne, who it doesn't look good right now, could they they hope it's an MCL? They'll have an MRI tomorrow. But they almost did this with Josh Uche, if you think about it, right? They they didn't make the trip. He's been linked in trade trade rumors. Is that maybe a reason why Juju Smith Schuster was benched? We did see him late in the game, obviously, but could that been a, a reason why? And how do you think they will handle the trade deadline? So Juju said he was benched for this game. Juju I, I'm just trying to. Yeah, he said he he Juju Fisher was benched on Sunday. He knew his day would be like this. He also added that he was healthy. You know, Mark Daniels has this uh, over at Mass Live right now. Uh, just came out a little while ago, but yeah, Juju knew before the game. Um, he goes, I have a possibility. Kind of waited for the game to play out, but yeah, essentially it was uh, it's what the coaches that they made with the players basically got on it. He said he's been in this situation before as well. So maybe it's, I, I don't know. I get, that's why I'm, we're all speculating here, but I'm just leaning towards maybe it was the trade deadline. Uh, it's possible. Um, you know, that would help explain some things. I mean, I, you know, I, I struggle to, you know, really put, you know, finger on, you know, why Juju would be. Um, we got the audio, Greg. We'll play it uh, right now. Let's hear uh, Juju Smith-Schuster after the game today. Uh, I mean, it, it's with the coaches, you know, with the decisions they made with the players, and um, uh, it is what it is, you know, uh, in situations like this before. So I uh, just want my opportunity to make the most of it. Did, did you know that your snaps would be limited or that you wouldn't see the field until the fourth? Um, I, knew, I knew that it was, uh, you know, a possibility and um, kind of just waited, just let the game play out. So. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Well, you know, a couple of thoughts on that. Um, you know, he did not last week correct like he was he had the conviction yep um yeah so he so and he must said i'm healthy um he's been saying all year and that have been the truth you know so i don't really i don't really buy that he was healthy i think judging the patriots on what they've done in the past this was easing juju smith schuster back into the lineup after missing some time with uh with a concussion that you know looked somewhat serious um, and that they were hoping not to use him, you know, maybe if they used him, play him a little bit, sort of get his, you know, feet under him, get reacclimated, not, uh, you know, re-aggravate the concussion sort of thing. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was quite a benching, you know, j- mostly because Juju is not the most reliable source on his health. Sure. And so <laughs> True. Uh, I don't think he was fully healthy in this game. I think I think his usage was more health-related than anything let's just have some fun with it matt the trade deadlines on tuesday you know do you expect the patriots to entertain trades on mac jones yeah entertain yes if somebody calls them and asks um if he's available they'd say "Hmm, well what are you offering 
And then, yeah, I think they listen. They listen on just about everybody. I mean, if somebody's calling about Christian Gonzalez, probably not, but, um, or, you know, possibly Keon white, but everybody else, they, they would consider it. And, you know, is there a scenario where I could see Mac Jones being dealt? Um, yeah, you know, I would think so. Um, I, if he was dealt at the deadline, it would not shock me at all. I mean, would I be surprised? Yes. Would I be shocked? No. Hey, Greg, we'll, I mean, we'll wrap this thing up on the other side. We'll take a look ahead to next week, and I don't know. We'll try to put this season together here. It, it's uh, it gets a little softer though. The ball just across the right hash at the 15. Wilson outside of Waddle, split to the left. Smythe is on the left wing for Miami. Ahmed behind Tagovailoa in the pistol. Play fake. And Tagovailoa being blitzed is dropped from Duggar. the backside. Duggar. And it's a blindside sack by Kyle Duggar. Second sack for New England. Second big play for Duggar in this game. I wonder if it's a read by Duggar backside. If your guy doesn't release, you go. So just unprotected backside. I mean, this, this is on Tua. He's got to be able to see that. Miami loses six back to the 21, a third and 14 coming up for the Dolphins. Defender of the game presented by 128 Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric, the company that finishes every job strong. Let them defend your home from any plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical issues. When your home can't wait, call 128. Visit call128.com. It's Joe Murray, Leroy Irvin. Joined by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal here on the Shaws and Star Market Patriots postgame show. Uh, Washington next week, they lost today. Then you go to Germany and then the Giants. The schedule gets softer here, Greg. So at two and six with Washington on deck, who has a great defensive line, by the way. Um, how do you see these next three weeks going? Uh, of course, the Germany game in there as well, but... I mean, I would think the Patriots have a shot to win these three games, and I I would say they might be favored in all three games. Yeah, I think I think the the schedule opens up for the Patriots. I think it gives them a little bit more breathing room. I think they're going against teams that uh, are in their weight class when it comes to you know talent, um, and you know you never know what might happen. So yeah, I mean I. If you're asking me right now, I would expect the Patriots to win these next three games. Now, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I do think, you know, being in the locker room after the game, and you know, I've certainly been in worse locker rooms. Um, I've covered, you know, some pretty crappy teams and teams that you could tell were just playing out the string. I don't think the Patriots are there yet. Um, but you know, but it, it's definitely unique from a Patriot perspective. But I, I you know, I think frustration is mounting on this team. And um you know, this is a team that, you know, I don't think is – they overcame some things last week, which was nice to see. But, you know, for most of the game, they were ahead. Things were going their way in that game. Uh, I, I don't think that this team is is all that mentally strong. I think that, you know, if if they, you know, get down early or things aren't going their way early, they have a, t- a tough time punching back. And I just think that there, there are issues on this team – um, you know, I think it, it sort of reminds me of, you know, the 2009 team when, you know, Belichick, you know, saying, uh, famously said in the documentary, I just can't get this team to play that uh, the way I want them to play. And I, I see this team sort of the same way. So I think next week is huge for uh, as far as, all right, where is this team and what do they have left? What kind of intestinal fortitude, you know, where are the leaders 
um, you know, are some of the leaders on this team, you know, starting to check out? I mean, these next two games will tell us a lot about, you know, where this team is going in a lot of different ways. And when you say frustrated, are you saying frustrated as in they feel as though they're prepared and their performance just doesn't show it? Or are they frustrated kind of accepting that they're not really a good team at all? I think it's, I think it's both. Mm. I think they, I think they realize, you know, I do think there's, there's, um, you know, small divisions and you get this, you know, Mm -hmm. the defense has largely played, you know, well or good enough to win games and the offense hasn't. And some of that is their own doing. Some of that is circumstances with injuries. Some of that is they're just not talented enough to over be able to overcome negative plays and turnovers and things like that, which, you know, all the good teams in this league do on regularity, but the Patriots can't because they just don't have the horses to do it. And so I, I just think there's, yeah, I think it's mostly Leroy. I think it's mostly frustration. And I'm sure you can understand this, that, you know, this is, this is a hard job that these guys have to do now, you know, they get paid a lot of money and, and uh, you know, they're, they're not really, you know, working at a coal mine or anything like that, but you know, it's a hard job and it's hardest in New England. And we've heard people say that before about, you know, Bill's even said, I know it's not easy to play here or play for me. And, you know, that used to be fine when they were winning all the time. Right. You know, you, you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, when you're two and six and, you know, not really competing against the, you know, the, the better teams in this league, I, I would find that frustrating and, you know, tough to punch the clock every day and, and do my job. Uh, we recently found out that Belichick, uh, his contract is not an extension, but a, a new deal. Just want to know your thoughts on um, thoughts about it in general. Were there more reports about that today, or is this just? I think Yeah, I think Bert Breer just can kind of confirm that it's not an extension, which I think we kind of knew. But you know, does it really change anything? I guess does it change anything as far as the trade deadline or them potentially moving on from Belichick in the offseason? Doesn't change anything at the trade deadline, and you know, as far as what I've been told and. You know, I don't know if this is, you know, the truth or what, or just, you know, the way people are spinning things, you know, but just what I've been told from a team perspective is that, you know, this really doesn't matter. It's, you know, business, how it's always been done. Um, this is how they do business with Bill. But, you know, the bottom line is, would it prevent the cost from moving on from Belichick at the end of the season if they felt the need to do that? The answer that I've been told to that is no. And so um, I, I don't really think... It, it amounts to much. I know, you know, if Felger's listening right now, he's probably, you know, cursing at the radio and banging on his steering wheel um, because he he doesn't believe that. But I'm just telling you what I've been told. Mm. Um, going back to what you said before about fr- frustration within the team, and I'm hearing what you're saying about Bill Belichick. Any word about players being frustrated with Bill himself? Uh, not that I... You know, not that I could tell you, you know, specifically about Bill or anything, but, you know, I I do think there are guys frustrated on this team with their roles. Um, You know, I I talked to Adrian Phillips after the game and, um, you know, he certainly said the right things for the most part, but, you know, look, Adrian's a guy I respect enormously. Mm -hmm. I think he's always played well for this team. He's been a good pro in this league. But, you know, and he got more of a bump in, in playing time today because of the Juwan Bentley injury, and he could play sub-linebacker and all that stuff. But, 
my sense from talking to him is he is not thrilled with his role mm-hmm. on this team. And, um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth or anything like that. I'm just giving you my sense mm-hmm. um, from covering him is that, you know, I think he wouldn't mind a, a different uh, change of scenery, um, you know, to play more. And, you know, football players like to play. They want to play. And Adrian Phillips has always played his entire career until this year. So I'm sure he's frustrated. I think there are other guys like that. I'm sure after his comments today that Juju, you could probably put Juju into that category. And, you know, I don't know, Mike Kosecki probably, um, you know, look, there, there are a lot of guys on this team that, you know, especially at two and six, they probably feel like they could help the team win more. Mm. They're not getting that opportunity. The team's not winning. Uh, so hence frustration. We'll let you go here in a second, but, um, just when it comes to trading players, do do you think they can get the value for some of these guys, or will they just wait for them to finish out the year and then get the compensation picks later on when they sign with another team? For the most part, I think that they will. Uh, they'll just play out the string with these guys, and they'll lose them, and they'll get nothing in compensation because they'll be signing a bunch of free agents next year. You know, just like they did a few years ago. Um, you know, most famously with the Joe Tooney decision to franchise him. Um, you know, for absolutely no reason. So they burned cash and a third round pick to let him become a free agent when they signed a bunch of free agents. So they got no compensation. So, you know, this is, this is the way bill operates. There's no, you know, sense of urgency. He's not ahead on everything. He's behind everything. Um, you know, if there's a fire sale this week, that would be news to me. I think Josh Jay is probably, if I had to bet right now is the only guy who will move before the deadline. I mean, if somebody wants Adrian Phillips, um, you know, or, you know, Jalen Mills or somebody like that, I'm sure they'll entertain the offers. But, you know, from what I've been told, um, Uche is the hottest name. And, you know, they I think they would be more willing to part with him. All right, Greg, what do you got coming up this week with the Boston Sports Journal? Uh, you know, uh, I, I look forward to, uh, I, got a, I got a plane tonight back home, so uh, I'll be able to hit the film early tomorrow. We'll be all over it. Uh, now, after being out of this godforsaken place, I can actually, you know, see what happened <laughs> during the game and determine exactly where they are as an offense. So, you know, look for a thorough offensive breakdown on the on the offense and Mac Jones on where he is. And who knows? I could be out on Mac Jones after this game. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I let the film dictate that for me. All right, you'll be on with uh, Felger and Maz this Tuesday, Big Boy Tuesday? I, I will, on Halloween, on trade deadline day. It should be fun. Spooky. All right. <laughs> All right, it's Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Greg, thanks for uh, yes, thank joining us every postgame. All right, see you, boys. Right, you got it. Greg, uh, join him we're with Felger and Maz on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, the Patriots. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> Uh, are we taking a break? We're going to go to the headlines okay, I, real quick. I have a question. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We will, we'll do it. We will hear Leroy's question after yeah. the headlines. No matter your speed, Vista BMW and Vista Volkswagen invite you to live life in the best lane. Drive a new BMW X1 X-Drive for just $5.39 per month. Or a new BMW X3 S-Drive for $5.69 per month. Or drive a new Volkswagen Taos for $2.59 per month. Plus, every new Volkswagen comes with three years of complimentary maintenance. Experience life in the best lane today at Vista BMW and Vista Volkswagen. Discover your Vista. Since 1926, Seacoast Bank has helped Floridians prosper, offering the personal and business banking solutions you need with the personalized service you deserve. Visit seacoastbank.com forward slash bank on better. Member FDIC.